Coming up on today's show, Square Enix had a digital showcase, Xbox and PlayStation are both making moves, and we have a Dying Light 2 update. everybody and welcome to another episode of the what's good games podcast your source for video game news commentary analysis and funny stuff every friday i'm one of your hosts Brittany brombacher alongside the dazzling christine steimer oh hello hello my little pumpkin lover hello that sounds that's okay let me explain that a little bit so we yeah. were having some major camera issues so we decided that you know what this is a steinbacher episode things are expected to go off the rails. So I pulled this lovely episode, uh, episode, Jesus, image <laughs> of Simer with a pumpkin on her head, which is admittedly one of my favorite photos of Simer ever. And that's what we are using on youtube.com slash what's good games. Indeed. So enjoy the photo of me with a pumpkin on my head. Um, I love it. Yep. It reminds me of yesteryear or the year before that, before when we used to be able to go into stores and not wear I think masks. that was in 2018. So yeah. Oh, was it? <laughs> It oh was a while ago. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, if you haven't already heard, Andrea was unfortunately recently and unexpectedly hospitalized. And while she is still improving, she is still feeling under the weather. So we are giving her all the time she needs to recover and rest. And we are doing that in the form of Steinbacher episodes. And obviously some TLC that you're not seeing on on camera and whatnot in forms of conversations and text messages. But um, we want to thank you all for all of the warm and fuzzy thoughts messages etc that you've been sending our way we'll be sure to pass them along to her she sees them she appreciates them and um yeah we just are all thinking about our red-headed wonder and hope she makes a speedy and fast recovery so with that said let's move on to march's patreon producers thank you to chewy's godson alex Rogopoulos, ferris atay mohammed mohammed justin foshi marcus ian brown the nanobiologist and punctified I totally went out of order on that, but I you, think I nailed you it. You made that so much harder for yourself. I but know. I'm impressed I that you made it through. Thank you. I was like, okay, I'm just going to pick this up. And I did. I picked it up. Thanks, Simer. And welcome to our Patreon community. It's Charlotte and Blake Tulo. And don't forget, not only can you be a part of the show by submitting questions at patreon.com slash what's good games, but you can get the show ad free in our epic membership tier. Because, Simer, we got another review uh, a couple weeks ago saying that the ads ruin all of the episodes. And, oh. actually, this was on last week's episode when we only had one ad. Well, tell you me. know what? Um, I don't know what to tell you. We like money, and so we're not going to stop doing ads. <laughs> we got to keep the lights on somehow, friends. But, again, you can just go to that epic membership tier on patreon.com slash what's good games and get rid of all of the ads. You know, it's not a hard Indeed. solution. And thank you, new podcast reviewers, Sean Wall 23 and Matthias M. Oratzi. Ortati? Ortati. Ortati. Very fancy. I don't know if that's how you say your name, but that's how I just said it. So we have a ton of news this week, but before we get into it, I want to say this week's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Audible, and Logitech, but we will tell you more about them later because Steimer, holy crap. Yeah, we got a lot of news to talk about. I thought last week was pretty chill. 
this week was like, oh, well, we're going to make up for all of that and give you lots to talk about. So here we are. Yeah, it was like all the PR teams like kind of fucked up. And they were like, <laughs> I know, we'll pick this week because nobody else will do anything. And then they all had the same thought. And then everybody... <laughs> Did all of their news. They did all of their news. So we're going to kick this first segment off with the Square Enix Presents recap. So Square Enix had their very first digital showcase today. We're recording this on a Thursday. And they, I think, did a good job at setting proper expectations before they went into the showcase. We knew not to really expect any major Final Fantasy news, etc. But what we did get was Life is Strange True Colors. Ooh. So thanks, IGN, for this recap and this write-up. I'm going to read um, about Life is Strange, and then we will talk all about it. So, Life is Strange True Colors has been announced for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia, with a September 10th release, and it will be the first game in the series not to be released episodically. True Colors, I know, right? I'm so excited about that. True Colors is a full new installment in the series developed by Life is Strange before the Storm Studio Deck 9 and tells a brand new story with almost entirely new characters in a new location. It follows Alex Chen, who, after a troubled childhood in foster care, reunites with her brother Gabe. Alex is played by Erica Mori with a singing voice provided by singer-songwriter Mixmtoon. Sorry, MXM Tune, who performs Radiohead's Creep in the game. After a mysterious accident sees Gabe killed, because of course, damn it. No, nothing is happy at these games. <laughs> I know. Alex investigates what happened using her power of psychic empathy to physically see how others are feeling around her at the cost of potentially becoming infected by their emotions. That's actually how empaths work, fun fact. Along the way, Alex will meet many citizens of the picturesque mountain town of Haven Springs, including two potential love interests, Ryan and Steph, the latter of which previously appeared in Life is Strange Before the Storm. I knew she looked familiar when I was watching yeah. this. I was like, oh, yeah, she was the one who played D&D with Mikey. And mm-hmm. that so, so so much like a highlight of that game. All right. Anyway, while left somewhat vague by the presentation, Deck 9 says players will be able to use Alex's powers from the very beginning of the game and teases that you'll be able to move freely around Haven Springs. That could point to a less linear narrative or a more open world, but it's not totally clear at this point. Unlike every other Life is Strange game, True Colors will be released in its entirety on September 10th, although it will be split into five chapters, so those who prefer to take a break between sections can step away. Hallelujah! This is amazing! I know. Sorry. Okay, finish. No, no. We're almost done. (laughs) We're almost there. We're almost there. While retaining the look at previous games, Deck Nine says True Colors is a next generation take on Life is Strange, employing full performance capture for the first time and becoming the most visually advanced entry in the series. And Life is Strange series Don't Not, creator Don't Not, is currently working on a new franchise, and it appears Deck Nine has been picked by the publisher Square Enix to continue the series instead. Wow. Okay. So, what do you think, Samer? Lay it on me, baby. I mean, I didn't know. I only watched the trailer, and I did not know about the um, splitting into chapters so you can still take a break between sections. Because that was the one thing I'm like, I always really appreciated that they were sort of bite-sized or something you could easily do during a work week and not feel, like, really stressed that you were going to be up until, you know, midnight or later playing a game. Mm -hmm. I'm a grandma. I go to bed early. Um, So... That's awesome that they're just like, here it all is, but you can still digest this at your pace and we yes. still split it up this way. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Love everything about that. Also find the empath powers to be 
fairly interesting um, because I think, you know, when we were talking about the the speculation last yes. week of like, ooh, reading minds or whatever, I'm like, this mm-hmm. is actually a more interesting way of playing with that. So instead of just getting someone's thoughts, you're getting the exact feeling of them, which I think does similar stuff, right? Like, so if you're whatever, like accusing somebody of something and then like they get hyper mad or hyper defensive, whatever. Yeah. I think you can feel a difference between that versus someone who's more confused or whatever, you know, something uh, and it leaves not it, understanding. Yeah. 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 And it leaves it more open to speculation and kind of, I mean, they didn't talk about the decisions you make will impact the story, but I'm assuming obviously like that's the route it's going to go. And so, yeah, yeah, if I'm talking to Steimer and I'm like, Oh, Steimer, I know you didn't kill this person. And they get like, she gets like a red aura around her. I'm like, bitch, you fucking killed that person. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I don't know that for sure. Cause the way that manifests in the games is, yeah, you see like red coming off of someone or purple or blue, and I mean, I'm assuming red is like angry, frustrated. Blue is probably like chill, calm, and green is green with envy. Who could say? I don't it's, know. Uh, you know, get out your old mood rings from 1990, <laughs> and I'm sure that they will help you play this game. Um, <laughs> you'll have your little color codex right there. Oh my god, I um, love mood rings. Except for mine, always turn into like a green brown barf color. Yeah, mine were never that pretty because I have such bad circulation that my fingers are always cold. So it would just be... <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, you are... Are you alive? Hello. Um, but I have to say the first thing I thought when I saw the trailer in this town, I was like, holy shit, this town is beautiful. Right? How do I go there? I want to go there. And then her brother died. And I was like, maybe I don't want to go there. But like, <laughs> I know. But it's so pretty. It was so pretty. And last week also when we were speculating, we talked about the potential of a happy Life is Strange game, a warm and fuzzy mm-hmm. Life is Strange game. Well, it's very evident that we're not getting that. And I was like, ooh, Gabe's kind of like Husbando material. And then she, and then Alex said, and then my brother died. I was like, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> and you were no. like, well. <laughs> but you know what's interesting, too, is that this reminds me a lot of Don't Nod's game Twin Mirror that just came out not that long ago. Because Don't Nod's game was kind of the same premise where you are someone who comes back to this town that you grew up in and you're trying to solve this mystery, this murder mystery, because everyone thinks this person died because of a random accident. And you're like, oh, no, no, I don't think that's the case. So I'm going to kind of use my powers to figure out, you know, what actually happened to this person. And it sounds like this is more, I mean, obviously a little different circumstances, but kind of the same thing. So I just thought that was interesting because the rumor had been for a while that Don't Nod had severed tied with Square Enix. Um, Maybe it has something to do with the Tencent uh, investment. Maybe not. Who knows? But either way, it looks like Deck Nine's kind of doing something similar. But anyway, going back, like, I'm with you. That town looked gorgeous. It looked like some of those fun towns you would find maybe in eastern Washington. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like a big old beautiful mountain. And then Mm. you have a little cute podunk town below (laughs) seriously i'm so happy the episodic formula is going away i know we talked about this already but the i think the series really kind of suffered from it with life is strange too because i feel like the spaces between the episodes were so long and drawn out and maybe they weren't more than normal i don't remember but i just feel like they were and so it was like okay what was happening again what what was what were we doing? Who is this person? Why should I care? And that's why I just binged the last few episodes back to back to back because it was just more emotionally impactful that way. Yeah, I think it is really hard, especially when they with these types of games, they really do try to tell really emotional stories. And it's difficult to retain someone's 
uh, you know, memory on everything that's happened, retain the feeling that they felt from the last episode when they are months and months apart. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is a really great move. I'm very excited for it because it just means I think more people will be interested in this style of game where, yes, it's technically like episodic style, but it's not episodic. Like you just get it all at once. And I'm like, uh-huh, yes, please. That sounds perfecto. Sounds um, great. Yeah, we have a, a question from Patreon friend Gabe Hewitt who asks, what improvements for Life is Strange 2 do you hope to see in true colors? Mm, well, I think the episodic thing was like a huge one. The other yeah. thing too is it looks like you have a lot more freedom in this game to move around and explore. We saw Alex in the trailer walking around during the daytime. We saw her walking around at nighttime. And it sounds like, based off of the the trailer that we watched, that you'll be able to use her empathetic empathetic powers to help others around you. And so there might be some non-essential um, quests that you might be able to do. And I think that could be kind of fun to just get to know some of these town people. And I would be curious to know what the length of this game would be. Do you think it's going to be like more or less the same length? Because I'm wondering how much side stuff they could put into it. I have but, no idea what the length. Yeah, the fact know. that it's still five chapters, I'm assuming the chapters will still be around an hour to two hours each. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, some might be shorter, some might be longer. That's what she said. Um, but <laughs> it, <laughs> so I don't want to like put a timestamp on it, but I, I do think that's an interesting and honestly very welcome change because one of my biggest gripes and why I honestly started to fizzle out on this series is because I felt like yeah, I could walk around and, like, look at stuff, but I'm really just listening to this person say a few lines about something that may or may not be useful whatsoever. Exactly. In fact, most of the time, they're really not useful. And so you... It just kind of felt a little pointless over time. Like, at first, you're like, ooh, fun, world building. And then at some point, you're like, I don't really care. I'm just going to walk from point A to point B to trigger the next thing to come up here and then just get this not not over with but like let me get to a part where something interesting is happening instead of me just wandering around but i think that that's if this is slightly more open super welcome and also super cool if you can do even minor things with other people that don't feel like you're on like like a you know a a railroad track right like you're not just must go down this path um and you can kind of like Find your own way there. That sounds super cool. You can go your own way. And go show your true colors. Oh. That's what I love. love That's also you. a song. True colors it is. is a song. Yeah, yeah. We, oh. we, were, we were on our way. <laughs> I was about to join you. I know. I'm, I'm totally with you, too. I think some of those, um, again, like, it was one of those things where you kind of get fatigued over, right? Where you go in a convenience store and you're like, okay, there's 500 things in here I can look at half the time it's just going to be interesting you know maybe a peek inside that character's head as to how they interact with this magazine like they're gonna be like oh this is a magazine about titties this is really cool or they're gonna be like (laughs) oh a magazine about titties i hate titties and that tells you a lot about the character you know what i mean but it was pointless it really had like he's clearly an ass man not into the titties (laughs) yeah so i'm with you i think being able to explore and this game just looks gorgeous that was one of my first thoughts too is it has like a really really pretty pretty look to it and uh i'm actually really excited about steph coming back too i think that's fun she was a great character in before the storm i loved her interactions with mikey thought she was fun i know she had a thing for rachel which is just tragic in itself but we won't go into that and it's interesting that she's a love interest or ryan is as well 
So yeah, I'm like I'm, hell yeah, give me all the people to, <laughs> to be a love interest. Give with. me all of the romance. But yeah, I think this looks great. I think it's great that we're seeing Alex Chen be the main character in this game. And unfortunately, her hot brother appears to die tragically. And then we have to figure out why that happened. Correct. I think for to go back to Gabe's question, the one thing that I am also excited that they touch on in the story um, is having this be a next generation version performance-wise. Because one of the things that also kind of, you know, eventually was grating on me about Life is Strange in general is the engine just felt kind of old. Mm-hmm. It also just felt like... Even then, it would still chug sometimes, and like it wasn't necessarily like the best performing game in the world, despite the fact that it's not doing anything crazy technically wise. Um, so I'm excited to see how this like plays and performs. Agreed. Is that what she said? Maybe, maybe not. I think that was a stretch. Um, on <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Life is Strange Remastered Collection was announced. So this arrives in fall 2021, and it's a bundle of Life is Strange 1 and Life is Strange Before the Storm with enhanced visuals and animations. And it's arriving fall 2021 for PC, Stadia, Xbox One, and PS4. The collection will be available as a standalone package, but will also be a part of the ultimate edition of Life is Strange True Colors. The remastered games will include updated character and environment visuals, improved animation with facial mocap performances, and engine and lighting upgrades. So there you go, Steimer. Nice. You were just talking about nice, that. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I think that's great. If you haven't played Life is Strange before, I would recommend it. I mean, I think we've all been fans of the series since it first launched in, oh God, I don't even know what year that was. Like 2015. A long, long time ago. <laughs> long, a very long time ago, back in the older years. Uh, but yeah, I think it's uh, a great game. I think you're very well done. Um, obviously, very emotional, angsty games. So just make sure you're in a, maybe a place for that. It was interesting because when they were talking about Alex's powers in True Colors, because the first Life is Strange resonated with me because I saw a lot of myself in Max when I was in high school. And so, like, it was cool for me to be able to put myself in her shoes and pretend I'm, like, this older, wiser adult. And I can be like, don't give a fuck what people think. Like, speak your truth. Like, you do you. You know, stuff I wish I, I had done in high school personally. And then when they're talking about Alex and how she has these empathetic powers, that was one of, like, my big revelations about myself in 2020 that I learned that I, I'm very empathetic, like, almost to a fault. And I think in this trailer or, or during some of the um, information that was given out about this game, she calls it a curse. And that's how mm-hmm. I also felt at first because you can't help as an empath, like, feel other people's emotions. and You can't help but absorb them. And almost, like, it can influence your entire day and how you see things. And so I'm, I'm really curious to see how I, how I resonate with her in this game as well because it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Like, let's live my reality. Obviously, like, I don't see auras and I don't, like – get mad are you sure have you tried i mean i'm looking at you right now in your beautiful pumpkin and i'm not uh, seeing an aura so i don't know you're, you're missing the pumpkin aura that's clearly there it's orange. <laughs> I, I see orange resonate what does orange mean but anyway obviously orange like means happy <laughs> does it i don't know oh i feel like Why yellow, would mean yellow happy. means happy Yellow means happy. Orange can whatever. I don't know. Anyway, very excited. And there is still plenty of Square Enix news that we need to talk about. But first, we want you to know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by ExpressVPN. So you guys already know all about ExpressVPN. How could you not? We talk about them all the time on What's Good. We can't stress enough the importance of protecting your online activity. But there's actually another reason many of our listeners love using ExpressVPN, and that is Netflix. You see, thousands of shows on Netflix are only available outside of the U.S. 
so you need to change your country if you want to access them. What the ExpressVPN app does is it encrypts your data and reroutes it through a server location of your choice. This not only protects your data, but also lets you control which country you want Netflix to think you're in. ExpressVPN lets you choose from over 90 different countries, so every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just fire up the app on your laptop or smart TV, switch your country, and hit connect. Once you refresh the page, you'll get a brand new selection of shows. It's that simple. And here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows or sports on other streaming services, too. Now, Andrea in the past has mentioned how she was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, even though it's not on U.S. Netflix. But just with one tap of a button, ExpressVPN lets you change your location to watch shows that, again, aren't on U.S. Netflix. And look, there's a reason why ExpressVPN is the number one rated VPN provider by publishers like Wired, CNET, and us. So be smart, friends. Protect your data and stop paying full price for streaming services while only getting access to a fraction of their content. Visit expressvpn.com slash what's good games right now and get three extra months of their service for free. That's expressvpn.com slash what's good games. Expressvpn.com slash what's good games to learn more. All right, Sam, there's so much more to talk about. Project Athea is officially called Forspoken. Did you see this trailer? I did. Oh, I loved it. All right, so in a brief new trailer introduced by lead actress Ella Belinska, we get a brief look at the main character, Frey Holland, and her predicament in suddenly being thrown into a fantastical world complete with dragons. Is that a motherfucking dragon? That was the best line in that trailer. Um, We see a bit more of her running from clifftop to clifftop as well as using magic, but that's about it for now. Forspoken is currently planned for release in 2022 and was first revealed last year as Square Enix's endeavor to build something specifically for the PS5, and it will stay exclusive for at least two years. And Theo... Oh, go ahead. Mm. Oh, no. Theo Marinakis. Marinakis. It's Marinakis. Oh, thank you. Sorry, Theo. Yeah, okay, Simon. See, this is why I keep you around. You're just good at this kind of shit. Uh, Wants to know, what are your thoughts on Scarlet Nexus or Project Athea? So we're going to talk about First Spoken because I don't think any of us are super into Scarlet Nexus um, right now. So what do you think, Simon? I mean... It's hard to really have too much to think about because, like, it was very brief what we yeah. saw. But even from the first look at this game, I think it looks rad. Like, I just think it looks really, really pretty. I always dig fantasy, high fantasy especially. Um, so now I know the game has dragons in it. So, therefore, Dadoy going to play it. Um, <laughs> but I think her movement in oh. specifically in these videos, if you haven't watched it, I would highly recommend you go watch this trailer. Just because the way she... She moves, it's very mercurial, and, like, it's really interesting and fun to see, and it's stuff like this that gets me excited about PlayStation 5 and Xbox X slash S, because it's just, like, this is stuff that, yes, technically, I think we always have that mindset sometimes of, like, things are good enough visually, right? Like, everything's Mm -hmm. fine, right? Uh, But when you see things like this, you're like, ah, this is kind of, like, what you can get on something that is more powerful. Um, So I'm stoked for this. I think Forspoken is a little... Of a semi-lackluster name for me, but it's totally fine. I don't really, you know, I don't buy games for the title, but. <laughs> no, you're right. Forspoken. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to call it some other name a million times before. I, and I'm going to forget it's actually called Forspoken. Like Forsaken. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to call Forsaken it Forsaken. Forsaken is very close. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm with you though. I think um, it looked the the movement was so fluid and so unexpected. I guess I just wasn't sure what kind of game this was. So when she's like zipping through the air and doing somersaults and ground pounding and cool things are happening, it was like ooh, she's like speedy. She's super speedy and it looks she's beautiful. Speedy and she's got that magics and like oh. all the magic. So there was it was something that looked kind of like a time glyph was one of them. Mm-hmm. One looked like she was it was rocks or earth of some kind, um, and then another one was roots and so like you know, earth, more, more earthy stuff. So like, it, I'm not fire. sure entirely if she's kind of, um, just taking powers from nature or things of nature or what, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty cool looking for sure. It's interesting too. It's an interesting concept that she kind of gets whiffed, whiffed off. Is that a word? <laughs> whisked. Whiffed? Whisked. whisked. <laughs> I was like, whiff is like, you get a whiff of <laughs> like a smell. I- Whiffed. I just went to the Google machine. Yeah, to yeah, obviously to get a smell or to try to unsuccessfully hit a ball in golf or baseball. Yes, you, that also you whiffed you, it. You whiffed it. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> anyway, Nothing but air. <laughs> <laughs> she gets whisked to this fantasy world, and I think that's a really fun premise of like again. Her first line is, "Is that a motherfucking dragon?" And I feel like that's such a logical response that I was like, "Yes, yeah. thank you yes. for being real about that." And it's exciting to you that this is from Luminous Productions, because if you remember, this is primarily, if not the team that made Final Fantasy XV, and it was headed by Tabata-san, but he obviously moved on to something else. So it's going to be fun to see what kind of flair this game has, and I'm excited to see more. All right, Simon, next. Black Panther arrives in Marvel's Avengers later this year. So I can read this. Okay. Because you've read, I just feel bad for you. You've read so many. Thank you. My throat hurts. <laughs> um, yeah, take a drink, drink of water, take a load off while I tell everybody about Marvel's <laughs> Avengers 2021 content roadmap that was revealed today. Um, so this tells you like what you can expect from the game following today's Operation Hawkeye Future Imperfect Update. That's a mouthful. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this new mission type, this includes <laughs> new mission types, events, MCU inspired outfits, plus the introduction of Black Panther and Wakanda which is hype. Um, so look, I might butcher the name of this one in particular. Cause <laughs> better I you than me, girl. It, but Tachyon <laughs> anomaly <laughs> event is spring 2021. So the Tachyon anomaly event will temporarily remove the restrictions, preventing more than one of the same hero to be on each team. Hell yeah. This will also apply up to all mission types, except the newly replayable campaign and allows for any combination of heroes to team up. So if four you want Hulks, a team of all Hulks, go. You yes. rock a team of four Hulks. It's going to be great. Yes. Uh, then there's the Red Room takeover, which is Black Widow's age-old adversary. Yelena Belova has placed surveillance chips inside of aimbots, and it's your job to retrieve them, find the source of this hack, and settle an old score. Dun, dun, um, dun. Now, some of the stuff coming in summer is the Cosmic Cube, which is a new villain sector. Newly titled AIM scientist Supreme Monica Rappaccini. Mm. Um, sorry, apologize for I like how I pronounce that. Is at the core of this mission, which takes place after the events of Hawkeye, a future imperfect storyline. Then there's the Wasteland Patrol, again, also in summer. Patrol is a brand new game mode that will first be introduced to the Wasteland area, released in Hawkeye Update. It's designed as, quote, one large overland map where players can move from one area to the next, and enemies and activities will continuously spawn across the map without a single objective like other mission types, which allows uh, for more freedom of player to engage with like what, with what they like to do in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is Omega Level Threat Missions, currently in development but no set release date. Omega Level Threat Missions are specifically designed for multiplayer and require a well-coordinated team to succeed. So think of like high-level dungeons and other games. Mm. 
War for Wakanda expansion. Hell yeah, that's coming later. So at some point, probably fall <laughs> would be my get fall or winter 2021. Black Panther is joining the Marvel's Avengers, Avengers roster of heroes leader this year. His introduction in the War for Wakanda expansion will include a Wakandan jungle biome to explore, new villains including Claw, plus a new outpost, new hero outfits, and an increase to the power level cap. Cool. I think this is exciting. There's also an update with an uh, interview on IGN, I believe it was, about Spider-Man. Because don't forget, Spider-Man is a PlayStation exclusive character. And all they said is, there's people working on him. <laughs> so he's still I feel happening. like not ready yet. Not quite done yet. <laughs> not, not quite. There's a lot of back and forth that needs to go between Sony and, and you know, the people, <laughs> the, the higher ups there. Anyway, I think this is really cool. I really enjoyed Marvel's Avengers when I did play it. And I've been kind of craving, like, a game as a service lately. That's why I hopped back into Destiny 2, like, the, over the past week. And a lot of this seems like it's promising content, especially the new game mode Patrol, the, the Omega level threat missions, and obviously the War for Wakanda. I don't know, though, if I'm going to hop into this before any of this content is out. I think what I might do is, like, wait for this all this content to come out and then hop back in and see, like, what changes and what I like and what I don't like. But I think this is good. This is what they needed to show people is this is what we're working on. This is what you have to look forward to. And this is the content I think people have – maybe not the content people have been waiting for, but it is content, and I think that's good. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you that I don't think I'll be hopping into this until probably War for Wakanda – um just because i want more i don't want just like one bit at a time i want to like play it when there's really a lot more i there. want it all I, well, I do i want it all uh, <laughs> but i had a lot of fun with marvel's avengers even the end game which was a little bit a little stale i will say like it got it really repetitive pretty quickly um but that being said i had a great time with that campaign i still had a lot of fun on some of the end game content with friends so I'm excited to see what they do with Black Panther. I'm excited to see Wakanda. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Hawkeye I, I know looks people fun are like, uh, yeah, exactly. Hawkeye also looks really fun. But I know people are like shitting on this game. But, um, you know, you don't have to do that because it's 2021 and things are hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Steimer. Just stop speaking <laughs> logical. People, people don't like to, you know, they don't like to think of things that way. Yeah, it's just easier to shit on something than face the demons inside of you. <laughs> very, very true. Speaking of demons, it's not really speaking, speaking of, of demons. demons. The segue is not. Wait, not what? Yeah, how did you come up with demons? I don't know. I was just thinking like <laughs> outriders have powers and demons have powers theoretically. Okay. So you know what? I'll fuck it's... with it, Steimer. I got you. <laughs> because Square Enix also talked about Outriders, even though that game is almost out. Uh, and they got a new gameplay trailer showing off its four customizable classes, none of which are called Demon. Um, <laughs> in the trailer, we see almost six minutes of gameplay explaining the game's setting on the world of Enoch. The trailer highlights Outriders' four customizable, respectable classes, the time-manipulating trickster, the distance-focused fo technomancer, the tanky devastator, and the medium-ranged, crowd-focused pyromancer. We also see snippets of the different biomes players can explore in Outriders and get a bit of color on the game's side quests, missions, and post-game content. There was also a new cinematic trailer to go with the gameplay trailer today, highlighting the dangers of the world of Outriders and showing off some really wild monsters. So yeah, this is what we expected. We talked about this last week. You know, what would you expect to be shown just a few weeks before launch? And yeah, it was kind of a hype trailer. It's let's talk a little bit more about the story, 
let's show you some gameplay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to do much to persuade people to play, but what will, is, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, is that the game is coming day and date on Xbox Game Pass. Nice. I was going to say that the demo would also be a reason because it's free. So it you could free. just go you could just go download and play this demo and see whether or not you like this game. Yeah, because I asked people about that. I said, hey, you know, on, on the Twitter sphere, I was like, yo, are you, do you play the demo? Or are you going to pick it up? And I would say like half was like, yeah, I'm going to pick it up. And half of it was like, thanks to Game Pass, I'm going to pick it up. But I don't know if I would beforehand. It's that interesting conversation of does a demo help or hurt? This, I mean, I don't know. But in this case, obviously, it seems like it did both. <laughs> it sounds like some yeah. people are like, I, I liked it, but not enough to pay full price. But if it's coming to Game Pass, then like, cool. I think that's totally fair, right? Like, I, I just, I admire that they want users to have an informed decision going into this yes. game. So you can't just buy this game and be like, what? This is completely different than I thought. I had no idea. And you're like, well, you could have just downloaded an absolutely free demo <laughs> and been sure uh, one way or the other. Exactly. But again, Samer, logic, you know? I know. I'm not Captain that our logic. listeners not that our listeners don't aren't logical people because they are. We're talking about the other people. You know, the other humans out there that like to get angry and fight over stupid shit. Anyway. Correct. Um, I digress. Next up, Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy officially announced. So the Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy has been officially been announced in bundles together Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Furthermore, the Croft Manor will arrive in Fortnite creative mode next week, and there will also be a Tomb Raider cookbook that will help celebrate Tomb Raider's what? 25th anniversary. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, and it's actually so exciting. Um, let me get, finish reading this last bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can get all three Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider games for a special sale price of $19.99 before the sale ends on April 2nd, and the trilogy goes up to $49.99, and this is now available. So, I mean, that's a pretty beefy savings. So, like, definitely yeah. get all up in that. Um, Talk to me about so, this cookbook. Anyway, this cookbook. Because I feel like Lara, yeah. like Lara Croft cooks shit over a fire in the wilderness. T-Rex what ribs sort of... and shit. I don't know. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> so That's she, what... um, so she, I haven't even mentioned the girl yet. So my friend Tara, uh, she is, okay, so back in the day, my first, like, a attempt into video game isms in, like, there was a blog and whatnot, was Zaxi.com. And Zaxi.com was feature, featured me, it featured Christina Horner, and it featured um, Tara. And Tara made a Minecraft cookbook, and then after the Tomb Raider cookbook was announced today, Tara's like, I wrote all the recipes. I was like, Tara, you fucking badass. Yeah, That's so my pretty friend, cool. I had no idea. So my friend Tara wrote all of the um, recipes for the Tomb Raider cookbook, and it's so cool. She's done some really fun stuff in the past. She started Geeky Hostess. She made, like, Geeky Sprinkles. Like, she's a really fun, fun woman, and she does all fun, all sorts of fun shit. So anyway, at Geeky Hostess on Twitter, and she's pretty wonderful. But, yeah, I'm curious to know what kind of recipes are in this Tomb Raider cookbook for sure. Yeah, I'm reading right now. It's like, okay, it says there's 40 all-new recipes features over 40 recipes inspired by the many locations Lara Croft visits across the world, which sounds like it makes a little more sense than like Lara Croft, you know, <laughs> I found a berry and now I can eat it. And that's about it. Um, <laughs> can you imagine like those recipes were like one berry? <laughs> yeah. One berry. Try not to die. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then it also includes a travel guide celebrating the many beautiful countries and cities that Lara visits. So that's kind of cool. So it's not just a cookbook. It's a cookbook and travel guide. So if you, 
you know, once you have your vaccine, once things are a little safer out there, you're like, you know what? I want to go. My life goal is to travel everywhere that Lara Croft has been. You could probably use this book to go and then cook yourself a meal in this country or just, you know, order the food there. That's also <laughs> totally, totally <laughs> legit. Um, and do that. So like, ooh, I have even better. You make all the recipes at home first because you're okay. still in quarantine like all of us motherfuckers are. And yeah. then and then you use a travel guide later once things are safer. That's brilliant, Steimer. I think you need to come up with a book about how to live life because you clearly know what you're doing. <laughs> Don't know about that, but sure. That, that's a prime example of I just started talking and I had no idea where I was going with that. And I'm like, well, you know, I better pick that's up That's what these I pieces. do every day. <laughs> just start talking. Hope it turns out okay. <laughs> Hope it turns out you don't piss anyone off. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so this is exciting. If you haven't played these Tomb Raider games, this is a really good price for it, $19.99. And again, like, huge congratulations to my girl Tara Theo Harris for doing this. I think that's a really fun fucking thing. And she can teach me how to make T-Rex ribs. Yeah. Or I can just eat berries. All right. And then these next few, we can just kind of skim through because I don't have much to say about them unless you do, Sam, or you just interrupt me and be like, bitch, I got shit no. to say. All right. I do not. So, <laughs> just Cause Mobile trailer revealed. So Just Cause Mobile got a new trailer and fans will be able to support and Intel. I don't know if that's supposed to. Oh, get support and Intel from Rika Rodriguez. Wow, I don't know what happened there. Annika Svensson and more <laughs> when it arrives later this year. Project Hitman Sniper Assassins was announced. AR Space Invaders mobile game is in development. We don't really know much about it, but it's a new augmented reality take on the new beloved game. Balan Wonderland gets a new co-op trailer before its launch. Bubble Bobble for Friends, the Baron is coming back to Steam. And then these next two, I admittedly don't know anything about them, but Darius Cosmic Revelation flies to PS4 and Switch in late 2021, and new content is headed to Tohu Spell Bubble. I, I hope that makes some of you happy out there. Um, if it does, let me know. We can I'll share and I'll revel in your happiness. And finally, another Square Enix Presents was announced for summer. So this is Square Enix being like, LOL, E3, LOL. Anyway, Square Enix, wrapped up, <laughs> Square Enix wrapped up its first Nintendo Direct style events. Square Enix Presents, but the company has said another one is right around the corner and will premiere this summer. I imagine that's where we'll get news on, you know, the Final Fantasies in our life. I that hope would, so. I hope so, too. But, yeah, I mean... I guess that, that's not very surprising. Do you take this as Square being like, we're obviously, I mean, we know the answer to this, but they're doing their own thing. We don't really care about E3 this year. I mean, it's, does anyone care about E3? I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, really think so. I feel so, like E3, honestly. the ESA is shooting themselves in the foot a lot. Um, and this is just classic them to be like, like the, these companies don't need you anymore at this point. Especially yeah. if things are still digital. They really super don't need you. And we've we've heard from some people uh, about the price, um, even for indie developers, to join E3. And it sounds like it ain't great. And it kind of nails the point home, or sends a point home, or what's, what the fucking say I'm looking for. Anyway, that, yeah, like, <laughs> if, you can, if you can, like, partner with someone that'll include you in their showcase, you don't have to pay this price to join why would you not do that? Especially if you're just an indie develop. Anyway, we, we don't have to go down a whole E3 thing, but um, look forward to a new Square Enix Presents this summer. So we still have tons of more news to get into, but my beautiful Steimhammer. Have I ever Ooh. called you that before, Steimhammer? I don't, I don't know. That feels new. 
I like it. it. It makes me envision you like as a badass barbarian on top yeah. of a rock and like there's fire behind you and you're holding like a badass Thor-esque like hammer. Ooh, and you're like, I yeah. am Steam Hammer. That sounds know. great. I Thanks. would love to be that. Great. All right. Well, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we have buttloads of PlayStation news, some Xbox news, and an update on Dying Light 2. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the What's Good Games podcast. This is segment two, a.k.a. News Continued, because boy, oh boy, there is a lot of stuff to talk about. But first, we want to let you know that this week's episode is also brought to you by Audible. So Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. At Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and more like original entertainment from top celebrity creators and thousands of popular and binge-worthy podcasts. With their newest plan, Audible Plus, you have full access to their popular Plus catalog. It's filled with thousands of titles across different formats and genres, whether it's comedy, romance, suspense, true crime, science fiction, or fitness and wellness. You can even squeeze in a workout or guided meditation without having to go to a gym. You can download or stream without limit, and you can listen offline anytime, anywhere. With everything you love to listen to all in one app, Audible Plus is your playlist for life. New members can always try Audible Plus for 30 days on us. And I've talked about Audible before and how I like to use it to listen to all of my upbeat zombie fiction novels that I love so much, like World War Z by Max Brooks and his Zombie Survival Guide. Day by Day Armageddon by J.L. Bourne, and Morning Star Saga by Z.A. Recht. If you haven't read any of those or listened to them, I would recommend you do it. So if you're looking for some zombie action in your life, or maybe not, maybe that's maybe you want something that's a bit more relaxing, you can visit audible.com slash what's good or text what's good to 500 500. That's audible.com slash what's good or text what's good to 500 500. All right, Simer, you want to kick us off with this next story about thongs? Oh, my God. The thong, 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 thong. They look yes, like I hand do. thongs. They do. So, you know, PlayStation VR 2, their new controllers were revealed. And as Brittany just said, it looks like you're holding some very starched thongs in your hands. <laughs> um, so Sony has provided a first look at the new controllers for PlayStation VR 2, which will combine finger tracking and the PS5's haptic feedback and adaptive triggers to provide a, quote, much deeper sense of presence and stronger feeling of immersion in VR experiences. Revealed on the PlayStation blog, the new controllers ditched the old-school PlayStation Move 1 design for a more ergonomic set of peripherals that fit around the user's hands. The new controllers are in orb shape and allow for a more natural fit without constraining the player's fingers. As for the new features available, the, play the peripherals will adopt a lot of the best features in the PS5 DualSense, including adaptive tri triggers and haptic feedback to bolster immersion and add tension to inputs. Finger touch detection will also be implemented in a similar manner to Valve's knuckle controllers. <laughs> knuckle controller is the stupidest <laughs> name in the world, but that's okay. Essentially, the controller will be able to detect your fingers without the need to press buttons. Sony says this will allow for more natural gestures during gameplay. Oh. The controllers will also feature a tracking ring at their base and will be tracked by the PlayStation VR 2 headset instead of the PlayStation camera. Each side features an analog stick, a grip button, a trigger button, and two button inputs. The left controller also has a create button, whereas the right controller will feature the options button. 
Sony says that the prototypes of these new controllers will be in the hands of the development community soon, adding that there's still so much to share about the next generation of VR on PS5. PlayStation VR 2 was confirmed back in February of this year, only a month ago, where we learned that the new headset will connect to the PlayStation 5 via a single wire and feature a better resolution and field of view. Sony also said that it would, will not launch this year. So yeah, it basically went, so the PlayStation Move controllers kind of looked like vibrators, and now yeah. this just looks like, like we already said, that looks like women's underwear wrapped it around your hands, so... Yeah, the PlayStation Move controllers, that was back in the Kevin Butler area, area, era. Yeah, era. (laughs) (laughs) We're having a rough week, okay? Just bear with us. Oh, words are so hard. Um, So Patrick Landry, patreon.com slash whatsgoodgames, asks, with the PSVR 2 controllers controllers already revealed, do you think we are going to see the helmets and the rest of the hardware soon? Like in the next six months or so. I don't know. I think I don't it depends. Know. I think yeah. I think they did this because they said it will be in the hands of the development community soon. So they were either going to get scooped that this is news or they were going to announce it before it went out. So they announced it before it went out. If the headset doesn't look particularly different, it's not going to be a news cycle. So they might not talk about mm. it. Um, but if it is drastically different, then yes, I could definitely see another post like this happening before... That gets shipped out, although I would find it really odd if they were shipping out controllers and not a new headset yet. <laughs> right. I feel like they would have to ship the headset if they're shipping the controllers, unless the headset is still being finalized and it's still... I'll never forget when I first tried the Oculus uh, way back in the day, 2015, 2016. I don't know. It was a long time ago. It was literally held together by duct tape. It was at PAX West and uh, Palmer was there and I remember trying it on. Yeah. And it was just duct tape and hopes and dreams turns out made Amazing. a lot of money off that thing but hey so yeah it just depends on like where they are with all of that but um this is actually i, I think it's great actually the, if you look at the haptic feedback that's coming with the controller i love that it feels even though it looks like your hands are wearing hand thongs or thongs what do you call them hand thongs thong, i don't know i'm trying to think of a sure. clever word for it you were trying Thanks, to think of like like a banana hammock sort of situation but it's with for your hands but i think it's just it's just a thong it's just a hand just, thong it's just a hand thong. I love that, you know, we're getting rid of the move control, the move wands, because yes, they look like dildos and they're just old. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's cool. I'm excited for VR. Obviously, Steimer does not like VR very much. She doesn't like things no, on I her don't face. Care. Yeah, she doesn't care. I don't like things on my face, nor do I like thongs on my hands, so. <laughs> <laughs> but do you like thongs on your face? That's the question. On my face? Absolutely not. <laughs> on my butt? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's where they. That's where they that's belong. Where they, that is where they were designed. That's where what? they were. The, they were designed to live. Well, actually, okay. Wait, hold on. Thongs were technically designed for your feet first, weren't they? That's true. They used to. Yeah, mm-hmm. the flip flops were called thongs. Yep. Yeah, it always was weird to me when people would call them thongs. So I'm like, do you yeah, not know? Yeah, it just like, sounded like dirty. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's like, oh, I got some underwear on my feet. Anyway, going off the rails here. <laughs> I, well, now you can have on your hands. Why not your feet? Who? What does it matter anymore? Yeah, this could be g strings all over your body. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the fact that they're not making it so the controllers are tracked by the PlayStation camera is awesome. I think that's a great step forward. I think the one cable is a great step. The haptic feedback, the adaptive triggers, all of that. Very cool. Um, I obviously hopped into VR very, very early on, and then I quickly found out that it wasn't quite where I wanted it to be to be a big investor in it. 
But I think the more iterations we see of VR, the more enticing it becomes. And I think looking at all of this, it's, I think this is great. I'm into it. I don't know if I'll get it like day and date when it releases. It's going to depend on that price tag. And um, I hope, you know, with this, that Sony would really buckle down and really support it. Because I feel like if you're going to, if you're putting all this time and effort into these controllers and a new headset, et cetera, et cetera, like now is the time to really like put it out there, say you're confident in it, and put some bomb games on there. Like a Dragon Age romance simulator. Who could say? Who could say? Uh, I would say please. Please do that. It would be great. But she would buy it. You'll have a lot of purchasers just from Britney. She'll buy a million copies of this game. I will. To support your endeavors. Just let me know. We don't have to disclose it to the public. No one will know. I got you. Um, anywho, cool. Very, very exciting news. Sort of, kind of. I mean, it's actually not that exciting. It is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Steimer knows what I mean. What I mean. But For we sure. have more PlayStation news to talk about because PlayStation bought Evo. <laughs> which is I love how you said that it's like it was like a question you're like they bought Evo <laughs> they, I guess like they, that's, I don't know why but they did that's the thing they did so this comes from IGN as well so PlayStation buys Evo fighting game championship series announces 2021 event dates and Nintendo comments so Sony has announced that it has acquired the evolution championship series better known as Evo the world's largest fighting game tournament Sony Interactive Entertainment and RTS, an esports venture from Endeavor, have acquired, quote, the assets and properties of the Evo series. The purchase means future Evo events are effectively Sony PlayStation events in partnership with RTS. Evo co-founders Tony and Tom Cannon will remain at Evo as key advisors, and Sony took the opportunity to announce the 2021 dates for Evo Online. This year's Evo event will be held digitally on August 6th through 8th, and then on August 13th through 15th. Events will include Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5, Champion Edition, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, and Guilty Gear, Gear Strive. Details on the online qualifiers will be shared in the coming weeks. As for other games, Evo business developer Mark Julio? Or is it Julio? Julio. I'm not sure. Julio, okay. Probably, I mean, I'm guessing. But. Yeah. <laughs> says, quote, Evo is still open to all platforms, and that PlayStation and RTS are allowing Julio slash Julio's team to work with its communities to support fighting games as a whole. Though this doesn't con concretely answer whether games from first-party developers like Nintendo's Super Smash Brothers will appear at future events. But Nintendo has provided a statement. And here it is. <clears throat> I'm trying to get, like, my best Nintendo voice. What would it be? Mm -mm. I, I feel like know. it would be a very, like, stoic, very, like, no-bullshit voice. Really? I feel like Nintendo's so, like, happy and light. I feel like their mess their marketing is and their online personality is, but I feel like Nintendo's business side is very, like, no-bullshit. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, yeah. You know, business eh. Nintendo. I'm going to give them a, a Muppet voice because why the fuck not? All right. <laughs> Nintendo has enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments and wished the show organizers the best with their new venture. We will continue to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future online and offline Super Smash Brothers tournament activity. So there you go. Nintendo so has that spoken. doesn't really say anything. Neat. No. It's like, cool, good, good luck with all of your shit. Now we just got to decide where we're going to support Smash if we're going to support Smash. It's kind of Yeah, like it's basically I... like, we don't know if we're going to be at Evo. We have to talk to PlayStation now. <laughs> we have to talk to this new company and see whether or not this is... A thing that will happen or not, we do not know. I feel so bad for Smash players in the community because they just want like 100% backing from Nintendo when it comes to their online tournaments and whatnot, but Nintendo just doesn't give it to them. They just don't. 
So hopefully, you know, we'll see yep. more Smash at tournaments. But Simon, what do you think about this? Does it do anything, this little eSports? I think this you? is a bit of a head-scratcher, but um, mostly just because I would have never expected PlayStation to do this. Yeah. Uh, I never knew that they had an interest in the eSports world Same. at all. And, and I mean, Grant, I don't follow the eSports community or industry closely at all. And so that was my first thought is, is this kind of out of place or maybe this makes a lot of sense, but I'm with you. I mean, I'm assuming it has to make some sense. Money. Because Money yeah, exactly. Cause they had to pitch this to somebody and somebody had to say yes, that they can Money. acquire them. I guess I just never even thought of Evo as an acquirable property, which right. is maybe just me being a little naive in that sense and not really thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I always just was like, Oh, Evo it's Evo. I and I would Evo. never think like, PlayStation could buy it. I mean, I get, you can buy anything, I suppose. But everything has a money. price tag. Everything has yep. a price tag, including PlayStation. Your <laughs> PlayStation, if you're listening, what's good has a price tag. Um, just you know, come yeah. With if us. you need a video game podcast, um, you know, I know you have the PlayStation blog one, but if you need like a better one, then we're here for you. I better not say that too loud, though. We got called Sony ponies a lot after last week's episode. We but did? we can talk. Oh yeah, we can talk about that in How? a hot minute. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you all I about it. I honestly don't. I don't even remember last week's show. To be completely <laughs> honest with you, no um, fucking idea. So like, yeah. if I had Sony Pony, maybe I was last week. Who could say? No, you weren't. It was just, and I'll, I'll say that for a hot minute. Anyway, Evo has always been a really good time. I went to one Evo event in Vegas years ago. And it was just so much fun. You know, you're in Vegas, so you just get some drinks. You watch people play Smash for five hours at a time. And it's, like, so engaging. And the energy is so electric. I would love to go back. Hopefully Smash will come back. All right. Uh, the next and final – no, this isn't final. There's even more after this piece of PlayStation news. Jade Raymond's Haven Entertainment Studios to develop a new IP for PlayStation. This also comes from IGN. So Jade Raymond has started Haven Entertainment Studios, an independent company in Montreal that will be working on an unannounced new IP for PlayStation. The name Haven was chosen because Raymond wants this to be a, quote, haven for developers. And while she has nothing more to reveal about this unannounced IP, the team is already hard at work on the project. Announced on the PlayStation blog, Raymond wants the studio to, quote, create worlds where players can escape, have fun, express themselves, and find community. Raymond recently left Google, where she was leading the now-shut-down Stadia Games and Entertainment First Party Studio. Prior to Google, she helped create titles such as Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2, and founded and led both EA's Motive Studio, Studio and Ubisoft Toronto. Yeah, this is um, <laughs> a little weird. I mean, it's not oh. weird. Weird Talk is an incorrect word. Okay. Um, but... I just thought it was a little on the nose, a little funny to be called like, I want this to be a haven for developers when the last thing you did got completely shit canned. Um, oh. You know, like, and I guess it's a little unclear to me is like, if are a lot of the people you worked with at Stadia coming with you to Haven? And is this like, you know, you guys all leaving and um, trying to build something new in a place that honestly didn't really feel like it gave you a shot? Um or are you starting completely over with like a whole brand? Like, I guess that part's a little unclear to me. So it's a very. Well, here's um, here's her official statement on the PlayStation blog. I'll just I won't read all of it, but I'll read some of it. 
So this comes from Jade Raymond herself. So she starts off with, it's been a strange and difficult past 12 months. The pandemic, social injustice, and job elimination have impacted many of my closest friends, family, and coworkers. All of these factors paired with an inability to see friends and family face-to-face lulled me into a kind of self-reflective cocoon where I had to ask myself some tough questions about what really matters. She goes on to say, I've been making games for a long time, over 25 years now, and several people have asked me recently, quote, after all these experiences, do you still want to be in the games industry? The answer is always an unwavering yes. This industry is where I belong. She said, whether it's playing Settlers or Catan with my friends or Valheim with my team, games continue to bring me joy. They're a way to relax, connect, and share experiences, and the act of making games is in many ways, many ways even more fulfilling. Getting to bring together experts across so many different creative fields, from music composers, concept artists, to programmers, into a perfectly synced orchestra. Okay, yep, yep, very nice. So she said, as I took stock at of my career over the past few years and started to think about what to do next, I came to a very simple conclusion. I need to get back to what I love doing most and do so in a way that gives our team the freedom to explore, inspire, and create. And so today I'm announcing Haven, an independent studio where many of the talented game developers I have worked with for years and love dearly are coming together to do what we are most passionate about. It's time for us to refocus on games in a place where we can practice our crafts without any barriers. Uh, We want to create worlds where players can escape, have fun, express themselves. Okay, so she doesn't super clarify, but it does sound like these are people that maybe she's been with for a while. Because I believe you can't like scrap together a studio that quickly after being canned from Stadia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part where I'm like, how did you staff this so quickly? (laughs) That that makes Um, the most sense that if she left Google, maybe this is a lot of the team that was with her at the time. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, And I I will say the manage that she managed to get funding for a brand new studio and like and do this is pretty cool. Um, That is not an easy thing to do. There aren't honestly like as many independent studios now as there once were. So if this works, like it'll be really cool. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, let her make a game, man. I feel like partnering, I know, right? <laughs> partnering with PlayStation, like at least she doesn't have to worry about PlayStation being like, yeah, we're not going to make games anymore in-house. Like, you know, that's not going to happen or we're just not going to make games anymore. Like Google. So um, cool. Let's keep we'll keep an eye on this and I'm sure it'll be a hot minute before we hear anything. But there it is. Yeah, for sure. It will be quite some time before Haven produces anything, I would imagine. Yeah. And finally, in PlayStation news, earlier this week, Sony dedicated a day to seven indie announcements and reveals in a little event called PlayStation Indies. You can check out the PlayStation blog for the latest and the greatest on that. We're not going to recap everything here. But was also announced as well is Sony is adding 10 additional games to its Play at Home program starting March 25th, and Horizon Zero Dawn Complete Edition will be coming on April 19th. Now, if you're pulling a Brit and you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn because there's too many trees, don't... (laughs) Don't be like me. Play the game. It's fantastic. You won't regret it. Trust yes. me. Yes. Okay. 100 so th- plus one plus one. <laughs> that, was a, yeah, that was a lot of PlayStation news, but now we're moving on to Xbox. Xbox. Oh, my God. Xbox. Xbox. Xbox, <laughs> Xbox Game Pass news. So we we're, have some. We're Xbox birds. Xbox. <laughs> and Sony ponies. That's what we are. Oh my gosh. Okay, so at Xbox Game Pass news this week, Xbox has confirmed that Outriders will join Xbox Game Pass for console and Android devices via Xbox Cloud Gaming on launch day, but it does not appear to be coming to Game Pass for PC. Undertale, the 2015... 
<laughs> Undertale, the 2015 indie darling about making friends or murdering goofy monsters, is finally on Xbox Game Pass as well. Xbox also announced that Octopath Traveler is coming to Game Pass on March 25th. Also, a little Brit note, Yakuza 6, Song of Life, is now on Game Pass, so you can get all the Yakuza's on Game Pass, which would have been Amazing. helpful for me when I did my little binge last year, but that's fine. Happy to give RG and Sega my money. Take it all. And finally, Xbox Game Pass PC and Ultimate members will be given access to EA Play on PC starting on March 18th. Subscribers will be able to access more than 60 games from EA's vaults, including Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, Star Wars Squadrons, and The Sims 4. So again, Xbox Game Pass. Fucking amazing. Just getting better and better. More value, more bang for your buck. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, but- they're definitely crushing it with Game Pass. They really are. So anyway, I want to talk to you real quick about last week. Oh, um, yeah. <clears throat> so we were called Sony Ponies because we were talking about Bethesda and Microsoft exclusivity. Now, okay. everyone took the words of Phil Spencer um, during their roundtable that they had. Not everyone. I shouldn't say that. They A lot of folks interpreted that as Phil Spencer not outright saying, but all but confirming that the next Elder Scrolls will be exclusive to Xbox, that the next Fallout will be exclusive to Xbox, that Starfield will be exclusive to Xbox. And a lot of folks were upset that we were not willing to say that those games are going to be exclusive definitively to Xbox platforms. That might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> because like, not only was the statement so non-committal. How would do we have a time machine? Are we able to move forward in time and see that these games are or are not exclusive and then come back in time and tell all of you? Because let me tell you, if I had a fucking time machine, the last thing I would do is go in the future and see whether or not these idiotic games are <laughs> exclusive <laughs> or not. Not idiotic games. I love them dearly. These are some of my favorite franchises. It's not but how like, you would spend it's not how you would spend it's your not powers. how I would spend my powers. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I would be a billionaire by now is how I would be using it. I would be making all the correct investments with money. I would be, <laughs> God, I would probably like go back and travel again before <laughs> I knew things were happening. I would fast forward through this fucking year. Like <laughs> there's so many things I would do, but that is not one of them. <laughs> Holy shit. No. Uh, yeah. I just thought it was really interesting. And you know, there could you, all of you who are out there who are like, you guys are doing mental gymnastics. You're just, you know, you, you're in denial. If this was Sony, you'd be saying everything's going to be exclusive, blah, blah, A lot of people are happy to speculate and go out there and say, I know definitively now that these games are going to be platform exclusives. And that's great. You might be right. I am not that person because I, unless Phil Spencer or Todd Howard or Pete Hines or someone comes out and says the next Elder Scrolls is exclusive. The next Fallout is exclusive. Uh, Starfield exclusive. Like, I don't want to come on the show and pretend like I know what I don't know because, like, hey, you know, we're, that's we're a damned bad if- precedent for life. Don't do it. Don't talk about fun- Don't talk out of your ass about things that you don't know about. <laughs> it's fun to speculate from time to time. But the reality is, I don't know enough about game development to know when are these contracts signed. When, when is the Starfield contract signed? What about the next Elder Scrolls? What about the next whatever? I mean, as far as I know, like there's already been deals signed with Sony. I don't know. So that's why I'm not willing to come on here and be like, yes, they're definitely coming. It's fun to do Plus, that. But I, I, I don't want to sure. do it. Yeah, no, no, totally. I'm yeah. pretty sure I did say like I could see Starfield being exclusive because it's some, it's one that's so far out that yeah. it could be. 
Yeah. Whatever. People hear whatever. what they want to hear. That's fine. Some of y'all were, we had good conversation in the YouTube comments, and some of y'all earned yourself a nice ban hammer because you don't know how to have, <laughs> how to have chill conversation. And let me tell you, in this year, I have no patience for ass hattery. So, no, get out of here with your ass hattery. What are you yeah. thinking? Down to chat about it and down to have some fun civil discourse. But if you're going to be nasty, you're going to be kicked off into the ether. But anyway, moving on. Samer, would you like to read this next one? I would. Okay. I don't love this headline, but that's it's, okay. Okay, yeah, so let me preface. I pulled this article because I thought it was an interesting take on the video, and I thought it could be interesting I, discourse. No, totally. And I actually don't uh, – everyone's going to be like, just read the, the fucking headline. But I'm like, I don't necessarily disagree, but I feel like it's just a bit of a hyperbolic maybe. Sure. Whatever, you know, it's a bit much. Um, so Dying Light 2's developers are indulging toxic gamers. <laughs> this is via Kotaku. As promised, Polish developer Techland put out a video today updating the world on the state of zombie parkour thriller Dying Light 2. It's actually an extremely concise look at one of the most toxic cycles underlying in the video game industry. In the first half of the roughly three-minute video, various Techland developers read expletive-filled comments from fans demanding the release of the game, or at least proof that it still exists. Quote, fuck this bullshit. <laughs> Release Dying Light 2 or give a fucking demo. God damn it, reads one of the messages. Then the second half of the video begins with one of the developers calmly and earnestly stating, okay, everyone, we got the message. We understand you are curious about the game because you want Dying Light 2 to be as good as you have imagined. The developers then go on to explain that Dying Light 2 is a big game, a complex game, the type of game that's hard to make, and the studio just needs a bit more time to bring its ambitious creative vision to life, especially after a year full of unique challenges and tragedies stemming from the ongoing pandemic. The second half of the video is defensive, bordering on apologetic, seemingly in an attempt to placate the upcoming game's most energized and also virulent fans. Mm. All of us here are putting our hearts into delivering a game that will keep you playing for months, one developer says, as if filming a hostage video. That seems a bit much. Bit much of, uh, you know, editorial liberty there. But we are proud of having such devoted fans as you, no matter how you express your feelings. Time on Smetakala. I don't, sorry. I'm really bad at Polish names. Uh, the game's lead designer says near the end, completing the sick loop of video game marketing codependency. Now, this particular line was the only thing I did have an issue with in this. Mm -hmm. I disagree with literally just the last part of the sentence where he says, no matter how you express your feelings, disagree. Do not think you want devoted fans that are complete fucking assholes. Like, I just Word. don't think... That's healthy for you, for your staff, honestly, for the world. Mm -hmm. Allowing this kind of vitriol to continue just breeds more of it. Um, and I just feel like we've let things go for far too long of, and like kind of just dismissed it as like, oh, whatever, it's the internet, right? Which is sort of a similar line of like, oh, boys will be boys. And you're like, no, we don't just get to like give everybody a free pass to do whatever they want. That's not how society works. Um, so that's, I mean, I don't disagree with this video in general. I literally just agree with that, disagree with that last line. Um, because what I thought they were trying to say was just with the beginning with all of their tweets, to me, it felt like them trying to highlight how it wasn't okay to do this or to be like, yo, you guys are like a little intense. Maybe take it down a notch. Um, we are still working on the game. And I, I disagree with the, you know, it's filming a hostage video. Because I just think in general, these are developers and they're not talent. They aren't designed to be on camera. They aren't designed to read a script. They aren't designed to read a teleprompter. These are people who are working on a game. So 
yeah, some of them will be a little stiff naturally if you just shove a camera in their face and are like, tell me about whatever. And you're, they're like, uh, I just really want to make a level <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't think that that was anything about them feeling like they were held hostage there. I think that's just them, you know, not necessarily being the most comfortable in a film setting. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, this was an interesting – I mean, I'm happy we got an update on Dying Light too. They did say stay tuned to 2021. Um, sorry, it ended with 2021. And I mean, I just I hope this game comes out this year. I just had a hard time believing it. Um, and they say that they're going to be able to talk about it very, very soon. Because again, like Steimer said, this video is only a few minutes. So that was like the main gist of the game update itself is that they're going to be talking about it very, very soon. Stay tuned. Ended with 2021. But yeah, I'm with to echo what you said, like I, this is a weird this was a weird video and I know that they were going probably for the Jimmy Kimmel mean tweets where like celebrities or politicians or so-and-so will read them and they're like, huh, this is kind of interesting. But what they don't say during those Jimmy Kimmel mean tweets is, but that's okay. I support your support no matter what you say, like, you know, Correct. and I think especially off of what just happened with um, CD project red and cyberpunk specifically the awful threats that the developers were getting all the people feeling so entitled to sending these poor developers all these awful death threats and harassment and all that terrible awful things just because of the game itself yeah like you don't support that with this and say like yeah you know we're proud to have such devoted fans no matter how you express your feelings it's like no that's like that's not the message we want to send and that's a part of the gaming community that I think needs to get snuffed out. And if you're like, it's okay, then it's just, it's not okay. Anyway, I just thought it was an interesting way of uh, giving an update, but um, yeah, it's just, anyway, interesting yeah. way of doing it, but not, it, I thought it, like, I think what they were going for was like, okay, haha, but at the end of the day, I just no, just say like, no, yeah, you I just assholes. think it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous creature to feed. Um, yeah. And I think that they, you know, they gave the monster a cookie. And I, I think instead, That's a good maybe, one. maybe like patted that. the monster on the nose and said, no. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because, uh, like, literally, if they had just changed that last line of, like, we really love having really devoted fans, but we do hope that you choose to express your feelings in a more constructive way or whatever. Like, don't yell at us. It's dumb. Like, would have been a better message. Then, like, yeah. you know, you can say what you want to us and we won't mind. Basically, they just set themselves up to be punching bags, which I do not think is a place you want to be at. Um, I kind of get that they're like, we really don't want to alienate people. We have such whatever, like, we have passion uh, is the word they like to use. Yes. No. They're such passionate fans. And I'm like, that has moved from passion into um, danger zone and, like, Because then you almost condone it in your own community. And then that's what you don't want. At least I don't think that's what anyone wants. Yeah. I mean, the game looks cool. It looks so good. Like, it looks I'm so good. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it looks so good. All right. We have a few in case you missed it. So, Idea at Xbox, Microsoft's indie games wing, is teaming up with Twitch. At first, I was like, why not Mixer? And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, to, host, <laughs> to host its first indie showcase. The Idea Xbox Indie Showcase will premiere on Friday, March 26th at 9 a.m. Pacific and will be hosted exclusively on Twitch. Xbox is promising over 100 games total from indie developers worldwide, including from well-known developers like Devolver Digital, Drinkbox, 
Curve Digital, and more. So we talked about this a little bit last week. It was a rumor, but now it's been confirmed. So there you nice. go. That's a lot of games, over 100. Holy crap. Um, Gamescom's opening night live has been announced for August 24th, and Gamescom itself will be a hybrid of an in-person slash digital event taking place August 25th through the 29th. It would Germany be is going to have to up its fucking vaccination game Dude. if they really want that to happen. I know. It's uh, it's not looking so great for our friends across the pond right now with their vaccination efforts. Hopefully they'll get their shit um, squared away, and we're rooting for you. I never thought the day would come where we were doing better than they were. but <laughs> I know, right? It's like it flipped. I'm like, I don't know what happened here. Um, we, got a, we got a, an actual leader, Sam. It's amazing what can happen when that happens. <clears throat> and finally... <laughs> Super Nintendo World has officially opened in Japan, and in an alternate universe, we're all there right now eating Mario pancake sandwiches. Have Ooh. you seen those? They're like these no. pancakes. Yeah, the Luigi one is like a green pancake that's like squished together, and there's grapes in it, and like whipped cream. Sounds kind of weird, but I'm kind of into it. I mean, so. why not give it a try? Why not? Yeah, anyway, I'm just super jealous of everyone. In Japan right now, going to Super Nintendo World. But I'm very happy for you, too, at the same time. Just incredibly, incredibly jealous. Well, friends, that'll do it for this beefy, beefy news segment on this week's What's Good Games. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you about this weird hodgepodge of games I've been playing because I don't know what's going on in my life right now. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast, where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events we've been to. But first, I want to let you know that this week's episode of What's Good Games is also brought to you by Logitech. Now, we've said it before, but we'll say it again and again. We love Logitech products here at What's Good Games. Now, I've been giving my Logitech G733 Lightspeed Wireless Gaming headset a lot of love lately with my Nintendo Switch. Last week I was talking about listening to high-def farm animal noises in Story of Seasons, but now I'm playing Bravely Default, and man, there's no better way to hear that gorgeous and catchy music with a nice headset. So this headset features 2.4GHz wireless connectivity, front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB, blue voice mic technology, Pro-G audio drivers, and multiple colorways to choose from. You also have total freedom with up to 20 meters wireless range with Lightspeed Wireless. Keep playing with 29 plus hours of battery life and play wirelessly with PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 with stereo sound. You can personalize your gaming headset with front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB lighting. The reversible suspension headband is designed for ultimate comfort during long play sessions and each G733 colorway has its own unique headband design as well. And, also incredibly important, the headset is incredibly comfy. The G733 has dual-layer memory foam that conforms to your head and contours... Why do I always stumble on that word every week, Steimer? ...around the jaw <laughs> for a better seal, <laughs> reduce stress points, and delivers long-lasting comfort. And it's available in multiple colorways, each with its own vibrant, reversible headband and corresponding ear pads. So, for a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners express shipping at logitechg.com. Use code What's Good Games Free Ship 319 for express shipping today. That's express shipping for all Logitech G products with promo code What's Good Games Free Ship 319. Hurry now since the promo code expires in three days. Okay. So I have been playing 
a whole mess of different games. I don't know what I'm going through right now, but I've been playing Destiny 2, We Were Here, Bravely Default 2, and Loop Hero. Um, I don't know what We Were Here is. I can tell but you. But otherwise, it. yeah, that is a that is a random smattering of games <laughs> you had there. <laughs> I know, and I again, I think right now because I'm done playing Story of Seasons for now, um, and I'm just looking for something that I can kind of go back to where I don't have to worry about running out of content. And I feel like I haven't played Destiny two in literal years, and there's so much, and that game has changed so much that I'm craving that game as a service that I was talking about. I'm almost sure, craving yeah. like an MMO, but I'm definitely mm. like trying to stay away from that because. We all know what happens when that happens. Um, but we were here. So this is a co-op game. And it's an interesting. It's kind of like an escape room. But the way you play it is one person is called the explorer. And then one person is called the librarian. So Jason and I have side-by-side TVs downstairs. But we also have um, a projector screen upstairs. And the best way to play this is when you can't see the other person's TV or the other person's screen. So I kicked his ass out and I made him go upstairs. And by say made him, he got the most comfortable couch and the biggest screen. So I guess I was the one who lost here. <laughs> so like you got the raw end of that deal. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I lost here. And how it works is you are with a stranger in the game. And all of a sudden y'all get like abducted and you wake up and you're in a castle and you know nothing. All you have is a walkie talkie. And so Jason and I were on, well, we tried to get the party chat working, but for some reason it wasn't working. So we just called each other on our phones and had a nice long conversation. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> Old school. That's how we did it back in our day, friends. And so what I would do is I would look around and I'd be like, okay, so, and then I'd be talking to him and I'd be describing what I'm seeing. I would say, okay, so around me is a castle. It looks like I'm in the middle of a dungeon. Um, I see some symbols on the wall. I see in like what looks to be blood writing here. This is what it says. And I see a shut locked door and he'd be like, okay, from his end, because he's in a different part of the game. He Mm. said, I see symbols here and it looks like if you see these symbols in this order, you need to press these buttons to unlock the door. And so what it is, it's a lot of communication. You have to describe what you're seeing. Maybe any potential details might be solutions to a puzzle. And then the librarian, which is what he was, has an array of information at their disposal. And then they need to look through their information to try to give you the solution to the puzzle. So it could be something as simple as pushing buttons in the right order. Or there was a mini game where I had to construct a play for him while he was slowly being like approached by a phantom that wanted to kill him. But there was a very specific order I had to construct the play in. And the only way I knew what order it was is he would have to listen to something on his end and then repeat to me what he heard. And then I would have to take that information and execute it on my end. Um, there was a chess puzzle where he had to tell me which order to move the chess pieces in, which didn't go well for me because I don't play chess and I don't know what the fuck the pieces are. So needless to say, I died a whole bunch during that one. Um, but yeah, so it was a really fun co-op experience and, um, we're going to be covering it on the co-op show soon. And it looks like there's two or three other, um, games that are called, we were here, we were here too. And I know a new one was just announced, maybe called we were here forever. I think that's what it was called. And so that's what made me want to check it out. Anyway, it's only five bucks on Xbox right now. So, and we got maybe two hours of gameplay out of it. And I don't think the solutions change. So I think it's kind of a one and done, but for five sure. bucks, I mean, you know, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, it is. Like, um, yeah. Like he was your cheat sheet. Exactly. 
So you have to be able to communicate. It would be kind of hard, though, I feel like, to play this with a stranger because I feel like the potential for getting very frustrated. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could get so griefed. It would I be know. very annoying. It would be super annoying. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we played, and it was it was fun. It was a good time. It, was a, it felt a little dated. And, again, this was the first entry in the trilogy. I call it a trilogy. I don't know if it's actually technically one, but I'm assuming the other ones are a little bit more polished. So we'll check those out later. But, um, yeah. So that was that game, which is like, okay, cool. And then I started playing Bravely Default 2 finally because I've heard some good things about it. And I think I'm craving some also kind of comfort JRPG flair in my life. And it's really good, Simer. I don't know if you're like in the mood for that kind of game right now, but you should check it out. It's like I'm super light. comforting. I kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did too. It, it, honestly, like in all of the promotional shit we saw leading up to it, it never really caught my interest because it – it just didn't look like it would be that engaging. The character models just kind of like eh, weird to me. I don't know what my problem was. But now that I'm playing it, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The music is so good and relaxing. And uh, the characters are actually really well animated. And I didn't expect that. I thought it would just be kind of like these flat face, emotionless characters. But I was totally wrong. So I admit it. And it just feels so comforting because it does feel pretty familiar. I mean, you know kind of what you're getting with it. Yeah. But, the, yeah, the gameplay is still super fun. The characters are very well written. And I feel like the dialogue is very engaging. And I'm having a lot of – I'm having a good time with it. Maybe, like, seven hours into it so far. Yeah, that may be a good thing for me to hop into because I feel like right now – I mean, part of it was I was dealing with, you know, the personal shit happening um, yeah. for the past week. but. I also just don't know what to play anymore now that I've, you know, put my 40-ish hours into Story of Seasons, and I am also done with it until, like, something new comes along or until they, like, update a few of the systems that I'm finding frustrating. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I'm like, I am in need of something. And I feel like Outriders will be fun, but it's not quite, it's not quite time for that yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's not, like, the super chill, relaxing game on your Switch, because I, uh, I always kind of thought it was interesting how you prefer to play all your games handheld. You only ever dock your Switch to charge it, right? Correct. But now I, I feel like I get it. <laughs> and I don't know why I get it. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm old. I, I was going to say because I'm old, but then I'm digging myself into a hole there, you see. Yeah, because then you're implying that I'm old. Yeah, yeah, I fucked that up. Which I um, am, so that's totally fine and fair. Oh, okay. So I don't have to sleep on the couch tonight. Great. No, no, no uh, you're good. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, like playing Bravely Default on a, do on a docked switch on a tv is great but playing it handheld there's just something about it i'm like oh this is nice this is great yeah. same same with story of seasons same sort of thing it's just comforting to play it handheld so that's how i've been playing it and it's um i mean obviously i've been playing it docked as well on uh, the projector upstairs but anyway yeah like it's just a really nice well done game and i'm happy it exists right now because i'm also kind of in this period where i'm like well what do we play right now yeah, because, yeah, I'm also looking forward to Outriders, but that's not the chillax game that Bravely Default 2 is. No, yeah, I think there's something to what you were saying about, um, oh, it's something familiar about it means it's it's comforting. And I, I think it's why I, for a very long time, especially during the pandemic, would just watch Gilmore Girls on repeat. Mm -hmm. Like there is, And there's actually studies about it, but that I could not quote to you off the top of my head. But if you look them up, they exist. Where it's basically like, if you are anxious or whatever, it is very comforting to go to something you already know. Because like there's no, you don't have to worry about unknowns fucking up your day, right? Like you're just yep. like, I know exactly what this is. I know all the arcs that are coming my way. We're good. Like it's chill. 
Um, and it kind of just, it's just like you said, it comforts you. It's like mashed potatoes. Ooh, yeah. You don't have to worry about being blindsided by unsuspecting twists and turns. I yeah, mean, exactly. Maybe in Bravely Default maybe, some yeah. will I'm die like, Maybe, I'm sure then. there will be at some point, but I get what you're saying. I'm like, oh, this style of game is very familiar to me. And therefore, even if like a twist does come, you know that you could Probably expect it, it in that time of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, coming so. a mile away. I also checked out Loop Hero, and I don't know if you've seen this game mentioned on your timeline lately. I have seen it's... people mentioning it. I haven't given, uh, again, I haven't <laughs> played a game. <laughs> There's been a lot going on. It's it's totally yes. understandable. Um, yeah, like I haven't played it enough to be able to talk about it super in depth, but um, I did start playing it on Steam. I've made it for maybe a couple hours is what I played it for. Uh, and the idea is, yeah, like you just go in this constant loop. And as you go, you fight. You're kind of like the dungeon master here. You don't control the character at all. Um, the only thing you do for them is you equip them with gear. And you just hope oh. they can hold their own in battle. So they're going around in this loop. And as they're going around, you're going to come across slimes. Because, like, of course, that's like the default RPG enemy. Level 1 enemy. Um, you, you defeat the slimes. You get cards after you defeat an enemy. And the cards can be something that gives you... Um, a max HP boost or maybe just something along those lines and then you take those cards and they could be like a meadow or a mountain and then you place them on the map and then actually like takes it actually forms on the map and it gives you passive buffs and then oh. you also yeah you also get cards though that can call upon like a vampire like a haunted house or I don't know what it's actually called castle whatever but let's say it's called the castle card you get that you place it on your the loop itself and then it summons vampires and you might think like why the fuck would I want to do that vampires sound hard because vampires can drop better gear I think and different kinds of gear and what happens you keep going around the loop and every time you go make one loop around your the enemy level increases but also so does the gear of your the level of your gear I believe. That makes I think, sense, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm getting all of this right. Um, but then after you get all of your gear, if you decide that, like, okay, I have – not gear, sorry. You get also materials and supplies. It could be rocks. It could be blades of grass, whatever. You, you want to take those with you to your camp, and you want to build up a camp. And then from there, you can unlock different And that's facilities. where you want to, um, you know, have your Dragon Age romances. You want to talk to everybody around the campfire. You want to bang <laughs> them later. It's like that's you where you do so that. Well. That's where you would do that. I mean, if this game had that, that would be freaking amazing. But alas, I haven't came across any banging. But anyway, the, wah, the trick, wah. though, I know. The trick here is that if you die, you lose, I think, 70% of your gear. But if you make it to the campfire and you retire, you can take all the gear and the materials you collected with you. But then when you start over again, you have to start over from loop one. And then you have to keep, like, going around. Anyway, it's a very interesting concept, and I had enough fun with it that I hooked it up to the projector upstairs with my little, uh, I brought a little wireless mouse with me, and I was like, okay, I'm going to play this up here, and got my laptop, and installed it on the laptop, hooked it up to the projector so I could play it, not on a computer chair and not a PC, because I can't do PC gaming, it hurts my back too much, I'm old, that's what happens. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's a good time, I would say, if, you, if it sounds like something you'd be interested in, check it out, it's a very addicting loop, or you can just wait for it to come to Switch. And then you'll be living your best life. Be like, whoop, whoop. Yeah. But anyway, I don't have too much more to say about the games I've been playing. Because, again, like, it's kind of this weird, like, mishmash of a, a third life crisis, perhaps, I'm going through. I'm not sure. Maybe the 2021's just been a weird year. And it's kind of like, 
I don't know what I need in my life, but anyway. Summer. Yeah. Love you, girl. Yeah. yeah, Brittany, I love you too. Sounds like you've just been taking care of life, which is important to do. It, yeah, it is. Um, it's also just been, I mean, it's also been crazy busy at work, but um, it was one of those things where you blinked and then it was the next week and you're like, oh, what happened? <laughs> where oh, did yeah. the time go? What have I been doing with my time? Yeah. And uh, sometimes that doesn't involve gaming because you know what? Life's important and taking care of yourself is important. And sometimes gaming has to take a back seat. Cause that's true. It's that's, true. Sometimes, just, you know, you just don't, you don't game. You like don't. I didn't even read. Like I didn't, Ooh. like I've just been like, I, I mean, honestly, like I couldn't, I mean, I could tell you how I've spent a lot of my time, but I will yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You don't have to do that. Um, but yeah, friends, just another reminder that sometimes it's okay to focus on life and not on gaming. I know we all know that, but sometimes it's just a good, healthy reminder that if we don't even spend our weeks gaming sometimes, it's that's life, man. We're a gaming podcast. Sometimes yes, it happens. It's true. Sometimes it happens. It's true. It is We're all true. We're out here doing our best. We need that on a shirt for real. Like seriously. I really want it. I'm either I'm doing my best or I'm trying my best. I'm like. doing my best. Yeah, like leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, we're all we're all trying. We're all out here trying. <laughs> we are, and you know what? We're getting by. We're still alive, and to me, that is a win, ladies and gentlemen. We all lived through 2020 and through the first three months of 2021. So hell yeah. With that said, friends, I think we're gonna wrap up this episode of the Steinbockers. It was a fun one. It was a packed and beefy one. Now I kind of want a beefy burrito. That just sounds really good. I want to maybe I'll order some taco burrito. That doesn't sound very healthy. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.